Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 25 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. While we're celebrating our 25th anniversary, our quarter of a century, you know, big 25 episode, we're also going to be celebrating the career of the, my favorite word to describe him is inevitable, Tom Brady. Uh, Tom decided to hang it up today. It was a very sad day for a lot of fans. And if you polled a lot of us probably three or four years ago and asked if we would be sad when Tom Brady retired, I'd say probably 85, 90% of the country would say absolutely not. <laughs> we, would, we would really look forward to it. But uh, we're going to do a little quick roundtable discussion about our favorite Tom Brady memories and then get into the episode. But before we do that, guys, how are we feeling? Um, it's bittersweet, you know. I didn't think he'd uh, go out like this, as I said on the last episode, but I think he had a good run. That's like the understatement of the century. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? He had a, he had a good run. He made he made his time worth in the NFL. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I, I got a lot to add on Tom. Growing up. I don't know if you guys remember, but fat heads were just like the obsession Dude, of the century for a while. And like you could get the little ones and then you could, of course, get the big ones. And me and my childhood best friend, we were neighbors. Uh, we both had fat heads. Mine was of Peyton Manning and his was of Tom Brady. And, you know, pretty much each and every year, Brady and Manning would end up in some huge battle in the playoffs. And uh, just growing up, it was so fun. I hated Brady back then. Let me just go out and say that. I absolutely hated him. Um, and he definitely had Peyton's number for a number of years. So I just remember just being filled with so much anger towards him and just watching him crush my soul game after game, game after game. And, you know, now as an older man, like, um, you know, Peyton Manning's gone and retired and uh, Tom still, well, was just out there slinging it this past season. And now I just can't look back with anything but admiration for, I mean, just the game itself and just uh, just showing what it means to be a true competitor. Like he just embodies that word um, and is just the true definition of it. Yeah. You know, Tom, Tom to me is, is very peculiar being a Jets fan. Um, my entire life growing up, I, I hated his guts. He, <laughs> I, I think I've said this. When in college, my first couple of years, I think one of the first conversations I actually had with Max is being a Jet fan and how Tom Brady ruined my childhood. Uh, I think he had a 31 and eight record against Gangrene. Um, and it was just every Sunday watching him just destroy that entire division. Just, you know, the Jets haven't won that division in like 20 years or something like that. Just seeing him destroy them, it, it really hurt. Um, and then moving to Tampa, how you realized it wasn't him you hated you hated bill belichick and you just hated the patriot way um we're all products of our environment and then when tom left he became the product mm -hmm. the nfl product from hated to loved to, you know i hate the whole you know quote unquote hollywood couldn't write a script like this but that's literally the perfect character arc for him 
it, oh, it was it was 100%. like out of a movie um i won't get into it too much but i'll do my favorite tom brady moment and we'll go around mine split between two uh my first one was i believe 2010 watching the jets go into foxborough and, and kick him in the teeth and beat him in the divisional round it's the last time the jets were in the playoffs uh, they lost the next game to the Steelers and haven't been back since. So 20, no, maybe it was 2011, but uh, that was an incredible moment. And then him winning the Super Bowl this past year are both tied in my brain. Just the awe seeing him win it at 43. Uh, I remember Max, me, Max, and all my roommates were just in shock watching him hoist the Lombardi again at, at 43 years old, beating beating an incredible Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, go next year. But um, that I did enjoy that memory too, Peter. And I remember we were all talking like, "Oh, you can't bet against Tom. You can't bet against Tom." And what happened? Tom came out on top like usual. Uh, my favorite Tom Brady memory would probably just have to be like a collaboration of like just his sideline mic'd up moments. I feel like he's just like one of those guys on the sideline that you just look back and like just smile. Whether it's his interactions with. Julian Edelman or Gronkowski or whoever it is, Mike Evans, like he's just so animated. He's so funny. He's so like, I love how he, I don't know. Maybe it's just weird for me to say, I love how he talks, but he just, his energy, his passion, like I I really will miss it. And it's just so incredible that he, at the age of 44, that's how old he is, right? Mm -hmm. Is still like dominant. And And retired on top leading the league in passing. Yeah. But um I'm I'm going to have to agree with AJ Brown on this one. I don't think he's done. Ooh. Whoa. Think he's going to come back out? After this year he'll he'll say he misses it too much. He'll come back out <laughs> more than he'll go out. He'll come back at 45. He'll yes. be 46 at that time, won't he? Next year's his age Out of the Bucks season. contract, he'll slot in for one year, who knows. Yep. Jay's favorite oh, favorite Tom Brady moment. Okay. And again, really quick, we're going to get into the episode, but when the greatest football player of all time retires, I feel like it's only right we do a couple minutes about uh, about Tom. Definitely. Yeah, for me, um, him coming back from that 28-3 to deficit against Atlanta is probably my favorite moment of his. Like, looking back that year, Atlanta was so high-powered on offense. And when they jumped out to that lead, it was like, Oh man, they're going to win by 65. And then here comes old Tommy boy roaring back, man. And willed his way back, caught a dub. That was just one of the, I mean, talk about Hollywood not being able to write a perfect script like that. That Super Bowl comeback was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And just the determination and the, the true competitor that I said earlier, like that, that's the thing I keep coming back to. He just, he wanted to win more than anybody in the world. Nick C, super producer Nick C, favorite moment. Yeah, I mean, I just got to agree with Jace. I was thinking about it, and that comeback in the Super Bowl has just got to epitomize what Tom Brady's about for me, Um, just watching that. I'm a fan who, like, I'd latch on, not saying I'm a bandwagon fan, but just seeing greatness like that. I I was rooting for Tom Brady in in a lot of the Super Bowls just to see him stack up more chips, so, like – like Jay said, I mean, that comeback just kind of epitomizes what Brady's about. And just another <laughs> funny thing about that, too, is like Jay said, I mean, you thought the Falcons were going to come out and just completely dub them. You see Quavo and the Migos on the sideline dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady just I, I, put that, that all to rest. 
that's the spawn of my Kyle Shanahan hate for anybody that <laughs> doesn't know. I despise Kyle Shanahan with a burning passion. That's probably a big reason why I hated Debo in the off season. It's a big reason why I <laughs> traded Mitchell. He just blew it. He's blown it twice. He blew it against the chiefs and he blew it. He blew it by passing against the chiefs. And then he blew it again by passing against the Pats reverse order for that uh, years wise. But he he loves to blow the Super Bowl, and I thought he was going to blow it again against the Rams, and uh, he didn't get the opportunity, sadly. Nope. Great segue, uh, Tom Brady retiring at 44. But, again, good segue moving off Tom Brady into Kyle Shanahan to our conference championship matchups that we just had this past week. Incredible games again. Uh, shout out to everybody that's doing our playoff pool. We've been having a lot of fun uh, keeping track of that the last couple weeks. Uh, it's going to be a tight one, not going to lie. Big Al from Portland and Chris from Willoughby, shout out those guys. They're neck and neck but with both teams left. Uh, whoever's in first place, I think, doesn't have a screaming chance uh, just because of the positional values. But, man, it's going to be nuts to watch the Super Bowl and see who's going to be walking away with a good chunk of change. So based on the conference championship games we saw this week, again, it was Bengals at the Chiefs and then the Niners at the Rams. We're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into them moving forward, you know, small little deep dive into those players. Uh, and then we're going to start talking about our coaching GM hires that have happened throughout the league. Insanity has, has spawned in the coaching carousel this offseason. A lot of players are either a buy low right now or sell high, depending on those coaching hires. And we will get into uh, we'll get into those later. But we are going to start off with recapping uh, the conference championship. So we'll go with the first game: Bengals, Chiefs. Any players that we feel their stock either went up or down this week? Somebody that we can we can maybe hone in on. I'm not going to talk about Jamar Chase because I don't think his stock can go that much higher. But um, I'm going to talk about the opposite, and that's uh, Clyde. I, I think his stock was already pretty low. He's cooked. But, but his his he looks terrible. I mean, whenever he t- – like, the offense just looks better with Jared McKinnon out there. Darrell Williams, I don't care who it is. When Clyde's out there, the offense looks terrible. If – I wouldn't even say go buy him, honestly. I don't think you can sell him. I think you have to either ride him to zero or hope that some miracle happens. But he looked horrible, and it's just its not something I wanted to see being a Clyde owner. Yeah, going back to the offseason, I was a huge believer in Clyde still, and I was just a sucker to the situation. I just looked at the history of Andy Reid, how many running backs he produced, and how good in fantasy they were, and I just bought into it. Great pass catcher coming out of LSU. I mean, there was just so much to buy into. I did. And, I mean, any other guy that they have in the offense looks better than him, and he was a first-round running back. So, I mean, yeah, he's pretty much dead. Um, I was able to get off ship with him in a league. Um, I, I was able to work out a first-round pick for him, I think. Um, if, if I think the if things you can go I would out, do. Oh, man. I, I mean – I, I agree with you guys. I think he's dead. I think, you know, maybe he'll resurface in a couple of years as a backup or something like that. But like, I mean, he's just dead in the water. Even if he starts next season, I just don't see it with him. 
Um, and I think this season proved that he probably deserves to be in more of a timeshare than to get the chance to be a workhorse. Yeah. The thing with him out of college is he never had that breakaway speed. He was the kind of bowling ball esque player that we, we tend to mm-hmm. see. Um, again, I'm going to, I'm going to be doing a lot of deep diving this off season on uh, receivers in the draft. And I'm going to look at skilled receivers versus 50, 50 ball receivers. And as they're like calling card. Uh, and I've seen a lot of analysis already. Those 50, 50 ball receivers never or rarely work. The only ones that have worked is like DK Metcalf over the last like three seasons. He's the only one that's worked. And you can even argue that he's not as elite and consistent of a wide receiver as you'd like to see being a wide receiver one on your team. Cause he's going to cost you wide receiver one numbers. You're a hater. Go get him. (laughs) But I'm going to take a, like a kind of spawn back at that and look at 40 times versus these bowling ball guys uh, out of college. He's like first, second, third, and fourth round running backs. I feel like if a running back's drafted after the fifth, it's more of a flyer. Um, And I'm going to look at their 40 times and compare them to those more bowling ball esque, like Eric Blunt styled running backs. And, and Clyde just really has disappointed. He doesn't have the breakaway speed while he does run angry and, and breaks tackles. He doesn't have that burst after he does like Michael Carter or Javonta Williams does. Uh, and that's what makes them so elusive and so great. Yeah. I'd have to jump back in and say like, when you watch him run, like he looks like somewhat of a productive runner. Like he's, he does a really good job staying on his feet and like shedding a decent amount of tackles, but that lack of like true athleticism and breakaway speed that we want to see from running backs just isn't there for him. Um, like going back to what I said earlier, every other guy they've put in this season, whether it's Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, um, what's his, I, I wanted to say Frank Gore, but it's not Frank Gore. Who, what's his name? Isn't it Derek? Derek, Derek Gore. Gore. Yeah. Derek Gore. I mean, all these dudes, when I've been just giving them the eye test, they just have so much more burst and they, they're so much more productive with their carries and even with their catches too. Like when Clyde does get the chance to catch the ball, like he's really not doing that much with it. Um, I mean, Jarek McKinnon, just like, if you ask me from the eye test, just looks so much better than him right now. Um, or at least he did up until they lost. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it. He's just a bust at this point. Yeah. Uh, what do you again, think you he's. Get for him? If give somebody me... gave me a first round pick, I'd slam accept. But oh, I feel like yeah. I'd take. I'd probably take two hundred one, two hundred two, two hundred three. I agree. Really? Even I would as well. When you look oh. at him, you got to think this is his second year, and he had like he's been hurt multiple times. He. He showed promise those first couple of games. And then after that, we saw Andy Reid say, you know what? We don't need to run a ball. We'll throw it a million times. We'll run screens to meet Cole Hardman and Tyree Kill. And then we'll nuke it to Kelsey down the middle. Like it's just, he's just not a part of their offense. I'd love to see him somewhere else, but he's on that first round rookie contract where I think they have him another three years or two or three years to his rights. I just don't see the situation getting better in Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, when you have Mahomes on your team, I don't really blame Andy Reid that much. You want the ball in his hands a lot of the time, and that's kind of what we saw with Josh Allen, too. I know Devin Singletary came on at the end, but you can't expect much out of their running back room. Um, and I think it's pretty much the same case over there in Kansas City. I mean, um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a split backfield 
for quite some time moving forward. Um, if everybody's okay, I do want to move on to one bangle really quick that I have a little bit of a hot take about, and I know this is not going to be popular. I'm not buying in to all the Joe Burrow hype. Now, before everybody gets on me, hear me out. I think Joe Burrow is a definite top five, top six, seven dynasty quarterback. No doubt about it. But the way that I'm seeing my timeline absolutely crown him as the greatest quarterback in the AFC North while having like mediocre games in the playoffs is beyond me. So when I'm seeing it, week 19, technically, against the Raiders, he had 244 yards and two touchdowns. His defense bailed him out. Against Tennessee, he had 348 yards. That's true. But they only put up one touchdown. He had no touchdowns and an interception. And then against Kansas City this past week, he has 250 yards, is trailing by 20 points at the half, and his defense, again, bails him out. So I see a quarterback who has four touchdowns, two interceptions, and is averaging like 275 yards passing. I understand he's super young. I understand he's got a million weapons. But I'm just saying, pump the brakes. Don't go spend a million first-round picks on Joe Burrow right now. It's a lot of hype. Let the offseason kind of die down and try to buy him at a lower value after he has a stretch of bad games next year and doesn't have as much hype surrounding his name. I'm saying there's better. I'd rather have Justin Herbert right now than Joe Burrow. I'd rather have, I don't know if I'd rather have Lamar I I Jackson. I feel like it's, it's kind of relatively even on Lamar Jackson, but I'm just saying pump the brakes on the Joe Burrow is like a definitive top three guy in dynasty pump the brakes on everything. He has not looked incredible and has had his defense bail him out over this run. If they lost to Las Vegas, if they lost to the Raiders, which was one pass away, if Derek Carr connected a pass mm-hmm. in the end zone, we would not be as high on him moving into next year because he would have had a piss poor performance against them and then did not have an incredible game against Kansas City. I don't know, Peter. I feel like uh, I don't. I don't think I can come on your side of the fence for this one. I, I get we have to pump the brakes and that you can't be buying Joe Burrow at the tippy top, but. I feel like you're nitpicking stats right now. And you can't nitpick yards over the last three games. I don't think 275 average yards is bad, though. Yeah, but the four lack touchdowns, of touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. And he's not getting rushing touchdowns. He has no rushing upside. It's not like yeah. he's Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts with the rushing upside. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is better than Joe Burrow for Dynasty. Believe me. I don't want I don't want it, that to get twisted. But I'm just saying. He's a pocket passer, and I think his ceiling is what Matt Stafford did this year. I feel like there's a lot of similarities between those two offenses when they're healthy. It's fair. I mean, it's just it's hard for me to pick against Joe Burrow when he has Jamar Chase. I don't know, Jace. Jace, I feel like just like on the other side though. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Peter. Honestly, like I really wasn't even like I was just falling along with everybody. I was like Joe Burrow, rah rah rah. Like I love the moxie, I love the glasses. But when you say it, man, like those stats really aren't impressive. And I think the reason why everyone's so high on him is there's no fantasy going on right now, other than like our playoff thing. But you know, most of Twitter doesn't have fantasy going on. You know, they might have daily fantasy. But I mean, if we had Joe Burrow in our lineups during these games, you'd be probably really disappointed most weeks. 
Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think there's a lot of overreaction. And I think from a professional standpoint, like if you just had to pick a professional quarterback to lead your franchise, like he's up there, you know, like yeah. probably, you know, a top three guy, safe pick to run your organization for the next 10, 15, 20 years with how long these guys are playing now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I still like I have Kyler on a team. I was shopping Kyler for Burrow and I was getting just nothing whatsoever. I'd if rather I'd have able, Kyler. As would I. I would rather have him. I would rather have the Stallion. I would rather have Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, if I'm win now, like you could probably convince me of Jalen Hurts, depending on where the situation is. Like I'm just for, you know, the rushing upside is yeah. just undeniable this is, fantasy. This is fantasy. Again, franchises. Right. I'd sell the farm to have him over Zach Wilson right now. Oh. But something something I do want to touch on in our fantasy squad pool, uh, the quarterbacks are graded at regular four-point passing touchdown quarterback numbers. And these are Joe Burrow's stats over the last three weeks. Does anybody want to guess? Not I, can't, I can't recall. 17.7 in the, in the wild card round, mm-hmm. which is well below where you want your quarterback to be. Mm-hmm. 12.42 against the Titans. Mm-hmm. And then 18.5 against the Chiefs. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I'm with you. Like there's the ceilings there. Like we saw it against what the Chiefs the last time they played each other when he absolutely, for, you know, that that's what he can do every once in a while. But week in and week out, he's not going to do that. But rushing quarterbacks can give you, you know, that extra five, six, seven points you need to get a similar game from Burrow just from running yeah. the ball six, seven times. So another thing I, he yeah. plays in that he plays in the AFC North too. They love the three to 10 games as, yeah. as Max and Nixie now. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like a nice three to 10 game though. That's true. Freezing Comfy. cold, Lake Erie. Comfy. All right. So we are going to move into the second game. Now the Niners at the Rams. I feel like there's only one player that really needs to be talked about right now in this game. And it's Debo. Uh, The Rams are the Rams. They've looked great. No, you know, all their players either maintained or kept the same, uh, maintained or got a little bit higher value moving forward. Um, But it is time to talk about Debo and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. Can we talk about another player before we talk about Debo? I'm waiting. Odell Beckham. 113 yards. He, I issued my public apology. I understand you issued your public apology. I'm going to come out and say, <laughs> if I'm an Odell owner in a dynasty league, I'm trading him right now. I really am. You I don't have know. to. The Rams probably won't be able to keep him. He'll want a lot of money. He's showing that he can still play, so a team's going to go out there and pay for him. He needs a high-powered offense, and there's not many of those in the NFL. He played amazing. I think his stock rose. I would be trying to sell right now at the top. Yeah. Um, again, I issued my public apology and I have absolutely no problem with admitting when I'm wrong. Um, and I was 100% wrong on him to the Rams. Only took him a couple weeks and he was incredible. Too bad it wasn't really around for the fantasy season when it would have mattered for owners. Um, but he does look really good out there. Give him the right kind of offense. Imagine him in Buffalo. Oof. You know, him, nice. and Bu- him and Buffalo would be pretty spicy with Emmanuel Sanders leaving. I think there's a couple places, man. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You're going to get all Gabe Davis Twitter fired up. Um, No, I, 
Odell, for me, you have to sell him. You have no idea where he's going to go. He's 30, what, three? He's getting up there. I, yeah, I don't he's think getting he's, gonna, he's not 33. I don't, I don't even think he's not. I think he's 29. Yeah, I think he's I think in so. his 30s. I don't, I don't think so. What, what would you guys be looking to sell him for then, like right now? Would you sell him for like three seconds? Like, are you taking three anything seconds. you can get? I'd like, smash what, except three first? seconds. He's like 29. What? He is 29. I stand corrected. Birthday's November 5th. Yeah, going um, back to Nick C, I, I don't, three seconds would be an auto, except for me. If anyone was offering me, uh, shoot, I don't know, 201 in this 2022 class, like, I don't yeah. think this is the greatest class, but I'll take the flyer on a younger guy. Like, I, you could convince me of 201. 201, so you, Trey McBride. 201, no. Jeremy Rucker. I'm already in. I'm already in on it. Don't know you got either your draft of those analyst guys. getting ready. <laughs> Haven't watched any clips, but, like, just give me the young dude. Like, um, Odell, 29 years old, we just said, like, got to go find a new contract, got to go find a new team, got to learn a whole new offense. Like, he could end up in freaking New York right and become the next kenny g and we you know we don't want to see that so uh yeah i if you have him right now and the hype's really nice and like you can find a believer and sell him for multiple seconds 100 percent do that or just i mean Cortland sutton um is a guy too that a lot of people probably forgotten about um over the span of time and i i would throw him straight up if i possibly could and i don't know if you could get that to go through but the, you might find the right buyer, and that's something I'd be willing to do. Even Jerry Judy. Oh, I would. I don't think you could get that to go through. But as part two, Jerry Judy, like Odell, and a second or multiple seconds for Jerry Judy, if you could get that to go through, I would 100% do that. Yeah. All right. On the other side of the ball, enough Odell talk, or I'm going to throw up. Um, <laughs> On the other side of the ball, we have a very interesting situation brewing in San Francisco. Reports from uh, Bleacher Report sourced by, I believe, Field Yates. Could be wrong. Field's a good uh, guy. Field is a good guy. Um, sourced by Field. I could be wrong about that, but at this point, as long as they got a check mark in their name, they're, they're verified. It's pretty good information. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is being shopped. Him and the 49ers uh, GM uh, Lynch have sat down, had a conversation, and are talking potential trade partners. Um, so it looks like both sides know what the future holds. Trey Lance will be the day one starter next year. How do we feel about Debo and that offense moving into next year? While Debo was electric this year, I think a lot of it was out of need with that running back room being very depleted due to injury, et cetera. Um, how do we feel about him moving forward? Yeah, I mean, he's I, – I know I texted in chat, like, who's the better playmaker, Cup or Debo? And I know you guys all said Cup, but, like, when you talk about playmaker – No, no, I was Debo with you. I was Debo. Were you? Yes, yeah, sir. And I'm a okay, Cup good. guy. Yeah, you are a Cup guy. But when you talk about playmaker, like, Debo can do it all. And he's so versatile. He's, like, one of those, like those gadget guys that we talk about. But I feel like when you add a rushing quarterback into the offense and an offense that already likes to run the ball more, Kittle's going to get more feed next year. Um, yeah, Kittle's been hurt a lot this year. Ayuk looked good down the stretch. Like, I think Debo's at his peak as well. Um, I, I wouldn't be selling Debo. I think he still holds a lot of value and still will be very good next year. But I just don't see him replicating this season personally. Do you have Debo? Like, if you're if you're going out and buying Debo, like let's say you don't want to 
listen to our advice here and you want to go buy Debo, let's say he's your favorite player, you like the Niners or something like that. Are you Alex. willing? Are you, Yes, Alex. Um, shout out Big Al from Portland. Um, are you willing to buy in on top five price tag? No. No. So not he's not worth three firsts? No. Very no, no, few no, no. players are worth three firsts to me, Peter. Who? Jamar Chase. Jonathan Taylor, CD. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even pay three first for CD. Correct. Why? Why would Justin I pay for Jefferson? Three? JJ. JJ's worth more than three for Justin Jefferson. I'd probably pay it for Kyle Pitts. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I would not pay three first for CD now. Well, yeah. we'll we'll not get into a CD argument. I feel like we get into a CD <laughs> argument every week on the pod. But he's an average we'll talk- um you sound like the teachers from uh from <laughs> charlie, uh, brown. charlie brown uh no but let, we'll talk about debo uh really quick so if we're not willing to pay that that top five upside wide receiver price tag of you know the quote unquote uh three firsts as you know people on reddit and twitter is like oh three firsts i do three firsts uh if we're not willing to do three firsts for this guy that finished top five, that's still super young. What is his price tag then? And what would you be willing to sell at if you're an owner? It's a really good question. JC, you go first. Uh, well, Nick C is dropping this in the chat right here. <clears throat> if it's going to be Lance in the future, going back to this season, Nixie drops that, uh, Diva had around 70 average total yards for each of Lance's start this season. So that's, not necessarily that great, but but for me, the biggest thing is, like, he's so hyper-efficient. He's, like, always been hyper-efficient in his career, and, like, I don't know. You just can't bank on that all the time. Like, um, I feel like this year, like you said, it was the perfect storm of necessity um, and just kind of, like, team need. They just needed to get the ball in their playmaker's hands and see what happens, and he's the perfect guy to do that. I just don't think the hyper efficiency is going to be there forever. Like his play style is just like Kittle's. We worry about him missing time. I still worry about Debo missing some time, which is the way he runs and the way he plays. Um, and just, you know, the kind of hits that he's taken trying to be a playmaker. And um, yeah, I know. I just, I don't think, I think next year in um, redraft, he's going to be over overdrafted big time. If that efficiency doesn't return in the same way or he misses a few games. I mean, you're looking at a, you're looking at a top 15 wide receiver rather than a top five guy. So um, I love the player. He's probably a better professional player than a fantasy player, honestly. Um, But he still returned a lot of value this season. You can't, you can't ignore it certainly, but for me, he's just kind of, I'm not buying him by any means. If anything, I'd be trying to sell and flip flop for, another top five wide receiver, like um, in dynasty, I'd probably rather have T Higgins moving forward. And I don't know how a lot of people would feel about that. But, I'd uh, rather have T. Uh, okay. No, I'd rather have Debo passing pie. Yeah. I mean, T, I think T's a little younger. I mean, passing pie though, T's, Trey Lance T's is one year younger. Okay. I mean, he's connected to Joe Burrow, Trey Lance. We still got to see if he works out for me personally. I, I think T's the safer option. Moving forward, I would rather have T if I if I could make a even exchange or you know sell Debo for T plus if you find the right uh, right seller, 
I, I would 100% do that. That's a pretty good one, Jace. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I feel like Debo, Debo is the ultimate like fantasy enigma moving into next season. He could be Cooper Cup or he could be uh, Calvin Ridley. Like you just you just never know. He could be A Rob, depending on how that passing pie starts to shake out. Again, this is going to be something a lot of the listeners have heard over the past season. I have issued my public apology. Wow, I think I think whoever wrote the show doc is wanting me to to sound like a fool today. But I, I've written my public apology as well to Debo Samuel. I was very cool on him in the offseason, as were a lot of fantasy analysts. Um, and I'm probably going to cool off on him as well. Uh, as a lot of you know, I'm very big on the NFL as a whole and like how organizations work. And I love Daniel Jeremiah, Mark Schlereth, and everybody that is actually ingrained and they're not just like clickbait. ESPN people uh, that just like write headlines for shits and giggles. Mark Schlereth was talking the other day about Trey Lance and said he is still very raw. Like if you think about the games that he played, he played two well below average defenses, bottom half defenses and did struggle in the first half. He's a rookie. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that he's supposed to go up and light the world on fire, but Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold had his games. Right. Zach Wilson had his 300 yard passing games this year, you know, and I'm not saying he's the second coming. Um, I would say pump the brakes on Debo. If you're an owner, I would either sell or hold. There's no, no, no means in my mind to go buy. I, I would rather have yeah. so many other assets than Debo right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one thing real quick. I just had a thing pop into my head. Curtis Samuel is probably one of the cheapest dudes in your dynasty leagues. Like I saw his roster percentage super low before the season cut out and sleeper took that away from the players. I I think it was like 78% or 80% for a dude. I think he's going to be 26 next season. If Jimmy G lands in Washington, I mean, Curtis Samuel, very gadgety guy, Debo Samuel, very gadgety guy. Like go commanders. Uh, yo, go, go Commanders. My grandfather's Week, a day one Commanders fan. Yeah, weak sauce name if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I Curtis Samuel, I feel like he's really forgotten about. I still love my boy Terry McLaurin, but Jimmy G, comfortable throwing to a guy like Debo, um, you know, might suggest that they implement him in the offense similar to the way they used him, uh, Debo, in the 49ers system if Jimmy G were to end up in Washington. Um, he's a guy I would sneakily be trying to buy low on right now. I feel like he's a, a forgotten about asset that can be had. All right. Any last nods on this game? Very happy for Matthew Stafford. Max, I feel like you can attest to this being a big Detroit Lions guy at heart. And, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford has been one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated quarterback, probably since he's been in the league, um, being stuck there in Detroit his whole career. Um, never really having all the true pieces to go win a title. Now he has it and he's in the game. Um, it's just, it's so nice to see his sidearm throws and all the, the wicked gunsling and madness that he can put up on a Sunday on a regular basis now, because he's in a big, uh, on a big market team out on the West coast and no longer in Detroit. So shout out to him, shout out to his family. Super happy for him. Did you hear what the story that, uh, about Stan Kroenke with that? Mm Mm-mm. So before we move into uh, 
recapping all the new GM and and uh, head coaching moves and the implications on your your favorite fantasy players. There's a, like a lot of GM moves, um, but something that a lot of people don't talk about is ownership in fantasy football and what that mm-hmm. truly means for a franchise. Uh, because a lot of the time it, it's more of a uh, overarching omnipotent force instead mm-hmm. of a direct force. But I heard the story about Sam Kroenke, uh, Stan Kroenke, uh, the, the owner of the Rams. He's on the tarmac about to get on a plane. Gets a call from Sean, uh, from Sean McVay. Sean says, hey, I'm in Mexico. I just ran into Matt Stafford. I just found out that Detroit's shopping him. We have a half hour before unlisted team makes an offer that Detroit's going to accept. And this, this, this came from Fox sports. I was listening to it on, on Colin Coward. I can't remember what analyst was talking about it, but somebody who actually gets paid to talk sports. So Mm -hmm. this is as verified as the story is going to get said. You have literally a half hour to figure out what we're going to do. Cause if you don't, and you get on that airplane, we're not going to get Stafford. Bro. And Stan Kroenke said, do it and hung up the phone and got on the flight. Two firsts, like instant, instantaneously. And uh, that's, that's the definition of ownership and and the GM and and fluidity in an organization. So any of those Rams guys, I'm really going to kind of bet on next year outside of Cam Akers with that, with that Achilles, but he still did look very, 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 very good. It just, it it goes to show what you, what can happen when you push your ship, when you push your chips all in. I mean, if you're, if you're there on the edge of a competitor, and you can go out and make a big move in the offseason, make a big splash. I know Peter just made one. I know Alex just made one. Nixie made one a couple weeks ago. I mean, to push your chips all in, it, it really does make the difference. I mean, they went out and got Von Miller, Odell, Matt. They Stafford. got a Swiss bank. They have a Swiss bank. Mm-hmm. Because there's teams like that that how do they have enough money? And then the Browns don't shell out for talent for 25. Not the Browns. The, uh, the Bengals don't shell out for talent for 25 years. Right. All right. Before we move into our coaching and GM hires, I did want to plug something really quick. Uh, if you're listening right now, give us a follow on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. We have been posting just about every single day during the games is the best. Nixie, shout out Nixie, been really compiling a lot of data showing us not only what's going on in the game and, and telling the people uh, that are on Twitter, but compiling a lot of data and showing us, you know, how specific players are playing uh, X, Y, Z. So you can kind of stay up to date and ahead of the curve and not just sink your teeth into the headlines. Like a lot of people uh, have been trying to, and what we're trying to pump the brakes here on this show. Uh, shout out Nixie. The Twitter page is incredible. Uh, give us a follow. We are close to a milestone on Twitter. So it would be really helpful if we got some follows from you guys. Uh, follow us on Apple Pod, Spotify Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Please uh, help out the pod, subscribe. And again, uh, we're not asking for donations, just a simple follow, a like, whatever it takes, uh, whatever it takes, uh, two seconds out of your day would really, really appreciate it. Um, and then before we get into the segment, one more thing we're going to be doing Super Bowl squares for the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks, 100 boxes. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing $15 a box, but we will talk later. Maybe we'll move it down to 10, but for now it's going to be $15 a box. Uh, We'll post about it on Twitter. We'll get final distributions out 
uh, before anybody picks any boxes. So just stay on the lookout for that. Uh, if you're looking to enter a Super Bowl box, would be a lot of fun to have 1500 bucks on the line uh, for the Super Bowl. Sure. So with that all being said, let's move into the coaching and GM hires. Uh, we have the Patriots regime that has already moved to Houston and failed with Bill O'Brien and the, the GM there has now tried again and are moving to Las Vegas. Now we have Josh McDaniels, who's finally uh, got the courage to take a head coaching job again after his failure in Denver. Uh, and then the former Patriots GM, David Ziegler, is also joining the Raiders. What are we thinking? And I'm just going to go top of the head really quick. Jacobs, Waller, Carr, Renfro. I mean, I love the Raiders. I, I really do. I think Derek Carr is a not, – I'm not going to call Derek Carr a phenomenal quarterback, but he, he gets the job done. He showed that they're a playoff team. Um, I don't really like the hire personally. I think that their interim head coach did a great job. Absolutely. And I think the players would agree with me there, but – I think Waller definitely has a bounce back year. Jacobs will be Jacobs. Renfro, I think they added wide receiver there um, to go along with Renfro, but I love the Raiders, man. I don't like the hire. I wish they would have kept their interim head coach. For me, I'm at first, my gut reaction was, ooh, Josh McDaniels, Patriots. They like to run the ball. This is good for Josh Jacobs. And then I think back every time every running back in new england you know there's always been the downhill runner and then there's some kind of scat back so you know all that receiving work that we saw for josh jacobs i'm a little bit worried that some of that stuff um is going to go away for him um honestly the only guy i'm really buying over there is probably waller at this point i just feel like waller is a a cool 29 yeah, I mean, tight ends get old. Kelsey dominated up until this year, and he's like, what, 32, going to be 33 next season. Not saying Darren Waller is Travis Kelsey, but I think these tight ends can hang around a little bit longer. So if I'm going to win right now, Waller's somebody I'm definitely going to buy low on at this moment. And then for me, I mean, Josh Jacobs, he's probably just a flat hold for me. If Shout out to probably- top eight running back. Yeah, I mean, if if you can find someone that values values him that high, I'm probably selling. Um, and then if I can find someone that views him as like closer to a top 15 back, I'm probably buying. So, just depends on the owner and different team contexts. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's you know they're a team that they've always had like really rough and ready dudes that just want to play football and you know knock your head around and. I, just vicious dudes, but they've always been undisciplined and they've always had just problems off the field and just killing themselves with penalties and stuff. If McDaniels can bring the Patriot way over to Las Vegas, then, I mean, you could have a really sneakily good team. Cause like Max said, yeah. um, Derek Carr is a, he's a good quarterback. He's more than a game manager. He is a, I think he's more of a, a winner than a game manager. Not great by any means, but good. Um, the I, best. I think that's, He's the worst of the of the great quarterbacks. Yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Like he's just at the very bottom. Where of that Jimmy tier. Garoppolo's the best of the bad. Yeah, those two are probably like right, you know, the, the best tier of break, the game the manager. Tier break. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. If they can get some Patriot way going over there, I think they could be a pretty dangerous team. But fantasy wise, Waller is probably really the guy I'm most interested in. Renfro, I think, is probably 
as much as I love him and I was the, I, I was pining for him in the off season saying that he could become the number one over there. And then, you know, Waller got hurt, which I think helped play a huge part in it, but it happened. Um, he's not a true number one. If you ask me, he's a really good slot possession wide receiver, but I think he'll be one of the best flexes in the game. Like Julian Edelman was towards the end of his career or a mid to low end wide receiver too. Um, in PPR, he gets a little bit of boost, but half PPR. Yeah. He, he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns. I don't think so. Um, I, I'd probably be selling him as well. I'm, I'm all in. Give me, give me him. Ooh. Give me Renfro. Ooh. Uh, I'm not going to take a super deep dive. I'm not saying he's going to finish top 24, but he is one of those guys that you're going to want on your lineup. Mm -hmm. I feel like Waller is a great target and he was hurt all year. I understand that, but the connection that Derek Carr has with Renfro, I can see the Julian Edelman connection, Josh McDaniels coming over from the Patriots, knowing that kind of offensive system, speedy slot guy who's insanely reliable. Mm-hmm. And don't think Derek Carr doesn't know that. That that's really important. I'm I'm. He's the perfect depth piece for your championship roster. That I'll put my seal of approval, my my king seal on that. If he is on your team and is not starting, I think you have a pretty good team. I I so agree. I would go out and get a feeler, see if you can get him for a mid second round pick this year. I would slam. Oh, I, I would as well. I'm saying, you know, there was a point in time where people were valuing him as like the wide receiver, like seven, eight. And like, oh, we all God. got caught. And I mean, on Twitter, he was blown up and I'm sure I was behind it a little bit just because I was so happy. He looks see- just like Cooper Cup out there. <laughs> Except uh, he's probably like five inches shorter and weighs 90 and less pounds. Yeah, he's cool, dude. <laughs> No, really. He's got to cool get a skull really cap. Smart guy. He's got to get a skull Yo. cap. Or he should just rock a do-rag, man. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Hanging out the Raider serious. gang helmet. Come on. Dude, and instead of like the pattern, it would just be Raider, the Raider logo. Yes, that'd be fly. I could vibe with that. Dude, you should tell yeah. him. Yeah. All right, moving into the next though. team. Enough time. Decorum. Order in the court. <laughs> uh, Bears. Bears hire Matt Eberflus, defensive coordinator from the Colts, and then the Ryan Poles pick, former offensive lineman for the Bears, then becomes their GM. He's one of the executive directors of player personnel for the Kansas City Chiefs. How do we feel more so about Eberflus that Colts defense was incredible and he built that basically from the ground up, but Again, no investment in Justin Fields with the with the head coaching pick here. Yeah, I mean, whatever head coach you got was not going to have an investment in Justin Fields unless you promoted the offensive coordinator or someone within the organization, I guess. Um, but I really think the only way that you could go for Matt Nagy is up. I don't know much about <laughs> Hey, Matt. Mitchell Trubisky to the playoffs. Yeah. He was a double doink away from the NFC uh, division. Was it divisional? Yeah, yeah he, so. he almost won the wild card round. Wow. Hey, man, double doink. You know, he net, the double doink broke him. He was a great coach until then. NFL Coach of the Year award winner. Yeah, they give that to, to anyone, actually. Kevin Stefanski won that one, too, last year, and look how look how that's doing for him. Um, I don't know. I think you can only go up for Matt Nagy. That organization needs to figure itself out. I mean, they're in Chicago. I know the fans are getting upset. Allen Robinson, whatever that was this year, with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. and Uninspired. 
Sorry, Dave, uninspired. Oh, it's just it's terrible, man. It's it's real. Mooney looks fine. Come out like they have the pieces. They need a coach. I don't know much about this this guy, Matt Eberflus or whatever his name Eberflus. is. Eberflus. He he's a very 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 good defensive coordinator. It looks like he's going to be a no nonsense guy, but he definitely looks like he'll shade more the defensive side and let the offense kind of figure itself out. We can only hope, but that that's my two cents on the Bears, man. I, I hope they figure it out because they could actually win that division. It's a pretty winnable division if Aaron Rodgers leaves. That's very sure. true. Jace? Yeah, I I just I hate that they signed a defensive guy. Like they're just they you know they just want to bring that defense back to what it was. You know, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. They just want them to dominate again. You know, we can all remember it in fantasy. Akeem a few Hicks years is ago. fun. Yo, he is fun. Oh, I mean, so is Khalil Mack. He's a, he's a dirty dog as well. And, you know, I feel like they just want to get that back in shape. They want to go back to that. And that just – I said it not too long ago. I'm pretty out on Justin Fields. Like, he just gives me the ick. I know the rushing upside's there. I know he's got a big arm. I do he really love Darno. the ick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think many one. players give the ick. That's got to yeah. – okay, that's new. We're, we're keeping that. The ick. He's the ick. He's, He's a bit icky. And, um, yeah, I really love Darnell Mooney, like, a lot. I think he's probably not as slept on as Curtis Samuel, but I feel like he's a really good by low target. I mean, there Four are some third people round that picks are... gets him, Max, right? Yeah, that's what I got him for last year. <sighs> oh, man, that's nice right there. Yeah, I... I'll never forget that moment. I, I, I will never forget that moment I was with Max. I wanted to rage so hard. Dude, Mooney's a stud. He can fly. Great route runner. He just needs a quarterback to get him the ball consistently. And just and him, the f- they look good this year. Yeah, as, the, as like, the connection, they look pretty good. I I feel like it looked better with Dalton and Foles, and which scares me a lot. And I don't know. I'm Fields gives me the ick, and just the fact that they didn't invest in uh, invest in him in a in an OC or just a more offensive minded guy just. It really scares me that he's not going to pan out, and then in turn the weapons aren't going to pan out. All right. We've set our two cents on the Bears. Moving forward to the only NFL team that is currently on the market right now. So if you have around probably $3 billion, I would go and buy the Denver Broncos if I was you. But the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, former Packers offensive coordinator from the Matt LaFleur system, from the Kyle Shanahan system, from – the Mike Shanahan system from the XYZ system that has been going on for thousands of years in the NFL. Um, how do we feel about all these Denver weapons moving into next year? And I feel like we're not, we can't even address the Rogers scenario until it actually happens. I, I think that's what Denver like wants, man. I think they think they're the smartest guys in the room hiring this offensive coordinator that knows Rogers and has a history with them. And, that will lure him over to Denver. No, no. I, I think that Denver is very – they have a lot of talent. They do. But we all know Matt LaFleur coached that offense and called those plays. Absolutely. I mean, um, so we'll see what happens. Hey, maybe it's a Zach Taylor scenario. Maybe. But I, I don't I, – like I said, I think there's better options out there, and uh, I don't think he's one of them. For me, I just think, like Max said, they're going to make a big splash at quarterback. Like, I think they're throwing their chips in. They're doing everything they can to get the best quarterback on the market, which is Aaron Rodgers. And you can only do so much until the guy has to get on McAfee's show and make his own decision. 
but I <laughs> I think they are going to get a quarterback this offseason, um, whether it's If it's Russ, not Rodgers, who is it? I, I've been thinking Russ. Russ has a no trade clause. Yeah, so. And he said he would not go there. So mm-hmm. we can't say Russ. Okay, no Russ. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be mad if Jimmy G showed up over there. It's uh, That's sure. literally a step up from Bridgewater. I don't know. I think that's a quite a big step up. Like I think Jimmy G right now, we he's super hurt right now. So he's looked terrible the past that's couple of games. Well. When he's healthy, I think with all of those weapons, like in I feel like he'd be in a lot more uh, I don't know if he'd be in a much more pass happy attack. Um I'd have to look at the splits between the Broncos and the 49ers rushing versus passing, but I feel like the passing pie would be bigger over there. I think he could support a couple weapons. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I just think they're going to go get somebody. They are not going to sit around with Teddy B and Drew Locke or try to draft some scrub. Like, they are ready to go. They are super ready to go. So, I think they're going to go get somebody. Um, I think this is the first offseason where I will completely be fine not making an offer for Jerry Judy. Uh, I, I know that's really sad to hear for a lot of people out there. A lot of people are really big Jerry Judy truthers. There's nothing wrong with that. Believe me, I've missed a million times. I've hit a million times on my guys. I'm just not willing to buy. I'm not willing to buy. I'd rather invest in this upcoming draft class of receivers than go out and grab Jerry Judy. At this point, we have two full years, not full as in injury-ridden, but like we have two years of work. We've seen it. He just doesn't pop. He's giving me Clyde, Clyde syndrome. I'm not having it. Giving you Clyde syndrome? Yeah, he just looks like Clyde out there. He's the receiver version of Clyde. Ah, uh, there we go. He's the receiver version of Clyde. I was I was confused. I, I didn't know Jared Judy switched positions. Yeah, he's he's Clyde vibes at receiver. Um, I do think Jerry Judy kind of is just a name at this point. Uh, you know, maybe he'll go out and have a fantasy relevant season next year and, and prove me wrong. But again, there are so many other relevant names i'll say this a million times a million times over there are so many names out there that you can go and grab and i would rather pay just a little bit extra for proven talent yeah he's a bit of a mystery box but i still love jerry judy i think he's just i think him and Cortland are both probably a quarterback away from both being top 24 if not you know top 18 to 16 guys so i agree jason after the broncos uh we have the giants um, outside of the crazy news that has happened today with Brian Flores, which uh, I don't think it's any of our points to talk on that as it relates to fantasy football, because it doesn't. You don't have uh, a lawyer jacket next to the doctor jacket? Like, I do not. I do not have a USA pin that I can clip onto my <laughs> uh, sports coat. So I, I'm not uh, a lawyer. Me either. Damn. The Giants hire Brian Dable, uh, former Bills offensive coordinator. And then they hired Joe Schoen or Shen as uh, the Bills' former assistant general manager. Again, the question's going to be asked. I feel like there's only one guy we really want to talk about here, maybe two. Saquon going to look good next year. What do we feel about our boy Danny Pennies? I, I hate seeing the comparisons of Danny Pennies to Josh Allen. I think it's the most far-fetched thing ever. People are just... <laughs> grasping at straws over here um i think saquon's a generational talent he's had two very unlucky injuries i think 
I think Dobble will see that and give him the rock. Um, and I, I really think you might think I'm crazy and whatever. I'm going out and buying Kenny G. He, you can't get much higher than Kenny G right now. Like you could probably buy him for a third. You could probably buy him for a third, and I think he's worth. He's his value can only go up. I really do. Yeah, if you're a competitor, he's definitely worth a third. I, I would shoot a third. I mean, it's it's bad, but <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, it's worth a shot. He's a name. He's a big dude. He, I don't know. You can buy into the upside and the narrative. Thirds are, you know, th- there's those are one in a million, anyways. A lot of people think they're completely worthless. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Saquon. I've always really believed in coming into this most previous season. I had him as a top three or four dynasty running back. And then after this season, I do not feel that way. Uh, I don't know where I have him ranked, but I don't know. Uh, The Dable thing, the Dable signing makes me most excited for Danny Penny's, but I've been down this road before. Last episode, uh, we talked about how I got tricked with Miko Hardman. I've seen the trick with Devin Singletary. I have seen this trick with Danny Dimes, okay? I bought into him the year he broke off that big, long run and then oh, fell flat on his face. I waited, plan. drafted a whole team just waiting for him to fall to me in, like, the last round. He was probably going to be on waivers. Dude burned me so hard. I saw that play live in a crucial matchup. I've seen this trick before. I just the Giants, Dable can only do so much. Max this is your earlier, first rodeo. This is not my first rodeo, and this is a players' league. So uh coaches can only do so much. And uh I don't know. There's not a lot of optimism optimism from me. Yeah. Shout York. out shout out skeet skeet ball. That's what they call him. because uh, he's got like a really bald head and he looks like a skeet ball. Brian <laughs> Dable. Um but I don't know. Uh, the Giants assets are always just a big question mark. If, and th- this is a big if, and I will talk about it multiple times before the NFL draft. I'm willing to buy in on Saquon this year. And I actually did this past week with Max uh, being the recipient on the other end. Uh, so I bought Saquon. I am extremely confident they are going to go offensive line with at least the fifth overall pick if not the seventh as well, that's only going to bode well when you get like uh Ikima Ikwana. I can't remember like exactly how you pronounce his last name. And I'm really sorry for butchering that. Like, <laughs> he he in, Peter. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, I don't want people to mispronounce my name. Hey, well, he's probably been going through it his whole life. I'm sure he's used to it. Now he but, just turned the episode off, but he is, <laughs> he is an absolute behemoth of a person. If you think Makai Becton is big, that dude is massive. Uh, out of mm-hmm. NC State, and then Linderbaum. I hear things at at seven. I doubt he goes that early, but if they go double double lineman, the sky's the limit for Saquon next year. Especially with Dable being able to assess the offense and realize like what his strength is, and Kadarius Tony is going to get unleashed as well. Ooh, we didn't talk about him, but yes, I do love me some Kadarius Tony. I feel like he's a super mystery box like we saw he is the super couple, mystery box you know yeah we saw like those little john ross the third flashes like ooh, ooh is he gonna be really good is he gonna be tyree kill I, i'll be careful be careful but he's definitely somebody i'm excited about top 16 upside wow easy bottom i think so too top 16 upside but then he's got like bottom like 60 floor a hundred percent irrelevance uh, is the super floor. mystery box 
All right, Giants are done. Uh, the rest of them are pretty fantasy irrelevant outside of the Vikings, but we'll talk Vikings right now. Uh, the Vikings have hired, uh, and this is another name I'm going to try to pronounce, but he's a Jersey boy, uh, Princeton University and Cherry Hill. Shout out. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa uh, from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, former Va- Browns vice president of football operations. Um, the Browns for hiring a minority also get two uh, compensatory third round picks. I believe this upcoming draft or next draft. So that's, that's really, really nice. Uh, the Browns, maybe they're going to be able to turn it around, but mm-hmm. the Vikings are looking that like they're going to hone in on um, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan as well. Dalvin J jet Thielen does Kirk last the year. I don't know, man. I, I like you. They have to draft game. quarterback. They have to draft. A, they just next draft year, not this year, not next year. Yeah, next year they'll have to. I don't know. You mentioned those names, and like Dalvin gets another year older. Thielen gets another year older. I get JJ is like he's JJ's a freak. Oh, we don't have to talk about him. Yeah, he's so. I don't good. care who's throwing him the ball. I don't care if it's Davis Mills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Davis Mills gets you JJ in uh, some dynasty leagues out there, but um. But I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't like the Vikings. I really don't. I think they want to hire Harbaugh for the name, and I, I still don't know how my boy Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a job out there, man. There's got to be a reason. He probably either doesn't interview well, or the DUIs from his past always rear their head up, and owners don't like guys with criminal records like that. Um, but there, I don't know. Bieniemy should have a job at this point. He's been leading. Like the high-powered offense for the past four years, but that's a conversation for another time. Jace, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, personally, for Justin Jefferson's sake, I hope Kirk Cousins sticks around. Like, I just want another year of that connection and just watching Jay Jeff go crazy. I, I honestly and Kirk don't just have him. flinging it. Yes, I love it. The one o'clock slate for Kirk Cousins. I love that. <laughs> the man, the man is Tom Brady in the one o'clock slot. Dude, he is. He's the greatest quarterback of all time at one o'clock. It's it's actually crazy. But uh, you know, at the same time, I would love to see him land in another spot that's wider. I mean, where wide receivers or weapons need a good quarterback. Um, I don't know, Carolina, Denver, all these teams, Washington, looking for quarterbacks. It would be really exciting stuff if he were to end up somewhere else. I've heard rumblings that the Browns are really interested in him. I think that would be big time. Um, I don't know. I really like Kirk Cousins. I think, you know, he's probably closer, like, in that tier is Derek Carr, probably a couple pegs above him, but closer to Derek Carr than, say, Matthew Stafford. So um, somewhere in between there. I think he's a really solid quarterback, and I think for fantasy, you know, it would be kind of cool to see him land in another spot and then see names in the top 10, top 12 that we haven't seen up there before. So former Washington commanders quarterback, dude, you like that. You like that. You like that. Um, yeah. The Dalvin, I feel like is going to be Dalvin until Madison essentially, um, succeeds him. I feel like the Vikings are kind of in the right direction. I love the hire. He's really, I don't know the exact number of people in the league that aren't super big football guys. Um, But the GM here was formerly on Wall Street, 
Princeton grad, Stanford uh, postgrad. Uh, guy's a freak, and he reminds me of his kind of trajectory, like Howie Roseman. Um, Howie's a great GM. He has missed on a lot of draft picks, but he always finds a way to get the right guys in the building to compete in that division. Not saying it's the end of the world and super hard to compete in that division, but how he, how he does figure out a way to wheel and deal uh, and be a good GM, It'd definitely be a top half GM in the league. And when you have great talent like this, I feel like you're they're either going to burn it to the ground or push their chips all in. Cause the mm-hmm. NFC, as we talked about before the show even started, is so bare right now it is so bare uh with the quarterback talent and just the team overall talent there's like nobody in the nfc that really is able to compete at a at a strong level so they're either going to tear to the ground or or push their chips and they're not going to sit in the middle idly by so i would go by jay jet uh, obviously i'm fine with buying Thielen if you know it's a rental yeah. If you yourself are okay with the rental saying, I'm going to ride him to zero over the next two years or year and a half or whatever. Um, and cook, I'm not super in on buying him with other options, but maybe some owners are cooling on him after the season he had. I'm, I'm cooling on him big time. Honestly, he's given me some like Todd Gurley vibes in a way. Like Whoa. I, well, I'm, we don't speak that name. That's hey, like saying, uh, that's like saying the name of the Scottish play in the theater. <laughs> Uh, oh he said it he said it uh yeah i just i don't know like he's uh what gonna be 27 next season i believe i just with todd Gurley, it happened so soon and no one saw it coming and just i feel like the writing's on the wall a little bit you know like what they have in minnesota is like you said they can push their chips in and go for it uh this next season but other uh, yeah, and I think they probably will. And if you're a competitor, I'm holding him for sure. But if I if my window's two, three years down the road, I am 100% capitalizing oh, yeah. right now just because looking at that team, who they're going to build around, it's going to be Justin Jefferson Jet. and, you know, maybe Irv Smith. Um, we forgot about him, who's a really solid player. That's but, fact. Um, I, I just – I think Cook's window is a lot shorter than people think, you know, like – he got hurt early on in his career. He's played like four years. His, you know, real true year of dominance was not this season, but the two. previous one he was and the year before that. But like, I, I don't know. I feel like that cliff is a lot closer than people think. Just for some reason, I don't have a whole lot of evidence, but just that's the vibe I'm getting right now. It's now or never. Um, and again, something I will say that's really big. If you're willing to go, for the rental on Adam Thielen. He is a touchdown monster. He's Mike Evans in the NFC North red zone. All's going to him. Mm -hmm. I can't agree more with that. Make sure you're buying the rental price though. (laughs) Rental price. Of course, you know, late, late, late seconds. Yeah. Try to stay. I mean, rookie season comes around. If you could ship like, 206 or later for him straight up when the rookie fever hits. Yep. That's something I would definitely do as a competitor, I think. All right. Moving forward, we have three jobs that I'll say together. We'll group all three of these teams together and see if we have literally anybody that we actually feel like talking about. Um, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and then the Texans. Jaguars have not decided on their coach yet. They're looking at Byron Leftwich, Doug Peterson, Bill O'Brien. Dear Lord, that would be something. Uh, Finns, 
the Finns are after Mike McDaniel, uh, Twitter, Twitter, uh, NFL Twitter president, Mike McDaniel, <laughs> Kellen Moore, Van Joseph, Vance Joseph. Um, and then the Texans are after Brian Flores, probably not anymore uh, after the lawsuit, Kevin O'Connell, Joe Lombardi, and then Josh McCowan, not, not Josh McDaniels, Josh McCowan. Um, yeah. I, is there I, I anybody don't... that we actually feel like talking about that is worth the time here? Outside of Max's price of getting Mike Kosicki the other day for mm-hmm. pennies on the dollar, I did get Mike Kosicki for two twelve, which was pretty insane. Wow. Um, yeah, pretty insane. But uh, no, I, I don't want to talk about any of those guys. I, I think that is some really gross options. Yeah, I have to agree. The Jaguars and Texans it keep me away. I really don't want fantasy players on either of those teams. I mean, Fins are back to poverty, just Fins, like how I like it. I mean, they just shot themselves in the foot with their firing decision, and now it's really coming back to bite them. So yeah. I, the narrative is there for them to just have an awful season. Apparently, uh, Mr. Ross might be forced to sell the team if uh, oh. Flores' allegations are true uh, regarding the uh, compensation for tanking. So Shot themselves in the foot, dude. Yeah. It's and you know this isn't anti-dolphins hatred. This is just uh, observations. Much like the Jets, they always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. Everything blows up in their face down there in Miami. Maybe it's too much play, but uh, it, it's really sad. <laughs> you know they get something promising and then it then it dies. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not rooting against Miami. It's not my Jets bias. It's just an observation. I will say if Mike McDaniel does go there and they draft a running back. There's going to be hype around that running back like crazy. I don't know if fun. I would buy in necessarily, but no. just look at it. line's trash. But. That's fact. <laughs> that is going to do it for us here on the Dynasty Monarchy podcast for the episode. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy. Again, we've been doing a lot of stuff over there. We have our Tyreek Hill giveaway, something that I completely forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode. You have until the Super Bowl. We're going to be doing it uh, – around one o'clock before the Super Bowl, I believe, but that will be announced within the next couple of days. You can go to our pin tweet, retweet it and follow the page and you will be entered into a free, free. I'm going to say that again. Free, 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 free signed Tyreek Hill Jersey giveaway. 100% free. All we need is a follow and a retweet from you. Just trying to grow a little bit. We got a uh, blast from pristine auction with the Jersey. So shout out pristine auction, uh, great company out, uh, out in the, on the uh, Southwest. Jason knows them pretty well being an Arizona boy himself. Yes, sir. Um, but a hundred percent authentic Tyree kill Jersey. We're going to be doing the Super Bowl boxes. So again, a lot of stuff going on on Twitter, uh, conversations every day submit your lineups to us we are always on it somebody's always on the twitter to respond to you respond to your questions uh and whatever fantasy advice that you would need uh follow us on spotify apple pod wherever you get your podcasts we really appreciate it give us a five-star rating again if you don't like it don't tell anybody if you love it tell your grandma tell your best friend tell your coworkers. (laughs) tell whoever um and again, we are here to be a resource. I love that Jace uh, said that in one of the first episodes, he reiterates it a lot. We're here to be an outlet, a tool for your fantasy team to help propel you into the, the next level. There, there's good owners in the NFL, and then there's great owners that you see. And we're here to, to bump you up a level. 
from being a good owner that can get on a lucky run to being a great owner who's always in a always in a deep run uh, in their dynasty league. Any last words? Uh, we'll talk before the Super Bowl, but until then, you know, check your sports books, start looking at some bets. You know, if you ever want to talk about that and you're in a legal Max. gambling state, Max. send me a DM. I would love to talk about that stuff. Max, oh yes, let's highlight him. Max is just unconscious at hitting his spread bets Un- this season. Unconscious. What, what is he? 14-2-1, is that what it is? 14-2-1. Max is unconscious, and he's released an early pick, I believe. Yeah, I have. I have. And, you know, if you made it all the way to this part of the episode, you deserve to you deserve to hear it, I think. <laughs> um, Rams minus four is a lock. Um, if you want to win, if you want to win some money, I took it all the way up to Rams minus nine and a half. Oh my God! You think some cheeks are going to match up? Match up clownery. One hundred percent. I think the Bengals, third team of destiny. Destiny wears out. The Rams are winning by at least ten. At least, give me wow. a win. Give me a victory window. I mean, I think thirteen to seventeen points. Wow. 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 Well, hey, look, get on it betters, Get on the 14 plus that they offer on FanDuel. I'm sure that's like plus 480 at this point. Give a little sprinkle on the that line's because... not going to move closer. That's no. all I'll say. No, no, no. But uh, if you stay breaking... this part, Rams minus four. If you pick otherwise, you're you're going to be wrong. You're foolish. Give me uh, give me heads. I've already decided it's heads. So. Get ready for that too. Okay. I'm I'm two and zero in the last two years, so that's okay. all I'm saying. Okay. Thank you again for listening all the way to the end. We have incredible fans. Uh, all the love and support we always receive uh, really keeps us going on this. So we're here to be resources for you. Reach out in whatever way you can. And it's a sad Sunday without football this week, but just going to make us love the big game even more. All right. Peace out, everyone. Peace. 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 Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.